Well, it's uh, it's going to be a day, y'all. Welcome to the Plank Show on a Monday. In fact, it's going to be, let's see, today being November 28th, 2022. So, let's see, carry the one, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. August. It's going to be a pretty wild nine months <laughs> before we get to the start of the 23 season. Because as we welcome you into the Plank Show right here on The Ref, there is this one thing I know for certain, and I and this is my disclaimer for the program, and this is my disclaimer for the next nine months. Do you, I, I feel like good morning, Josh? How are you, dude? Did you have a good weekend? Hey, good morning. Outside of Iowa punting away its opportunity to play in a Big Ten championship, yeah, game. yeah, Holy no, smokes. it was good. There was going to be a lot of page views. I felt, I felt it. A lot of page views, maybe more so now that <laughs> there's frustration. But I, I want to tape this disclaimer. And I feel like we need to start the show with it every single day as the home of Sooner fans so everyone understands that I think we're all on the same page. I think. I know from this date, November 28th, year of our Lord, 2022, there is nothing that we, the coaches, any player, or anyone involved with OU football, can say or do that will either A, make you feel better about 2022 or prove anything to you about what 2023 is going to be until they step on the field and do it. Fair enough? <laughs> so if if we're all on that same page, if we all agree, and you guys say, I disagree, I'll feel better when they, no, you won't, no, you won't. You might tell yourself that, but deep down inside, you know that there is no, – and, and it was fun. I was listening on the drive home on Saturday night. I was listening to the, the press conferences, and there was some – Theo Weeds, the guy who had every reason to, if he wanted to, go with the, I'll show you, see what happens when you use me. I – not even that, Right? Not even him not going that direction, I guess I should say. And I don't know if it necessarily will make anybody feel any better about anything ever, Josh. So I get it. I understand it. But in the end, we're still going to talk about it. And I always, maybe I should add this disclaimer as well, just to make sure we're all on the same page. I really believe, I mean, at my core, that this is going to be special in a couple of years. I really believe it in my core. And I say it all the time. Brent Venables can go tomorrow to Joe Castiglione and say, I can't stand that Chris Plank guy. I want him off my sidelines. I want him off the broadcast. And I still would believe it. It's not just... I wear the interlocking OU on game days and most days. It's not – it's just I've seen – it's 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 going to get there. That is, in some people's minds, blind faith, homerism, and that's fine. I'd like to think that maybe you would say, well, Plank's a guy that's been in the business for a minute. When he started, it st- when he started in sports talk radio, it had a 1 and 9 in the beginning of the year. So there might be a little bit of history and trajectory there. But if you just want to say you're a homer, so that's how you're going to think, fine. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to change your mind. 
But I truly believe at my core that this is going to be awesome. But holy smokes, Josh Helmer. Saturday night was frustrating. So let's let's talk through it. Welcome into the Plank Show on a Monday. How was your weekend? Jeff, good Thanksgiving hangover weekend, if you will. It was good. It was good. And how was yours? When did uh, you make it back? Was it early, early Sunday morning? Oh yeah, um, it was early. We we got we got back. I, I want to say I dropped T Row off at the airport at about four forty five to pick up his car. I was quite, you know, there was a part of me that didn't know if it would be faster to either, you know, pick Andrew up or drop Andrew off here or his home, but I think it ended up being faster to drop him off here. So I think I got here at about, you know, 5.10 or something. So I got home about 5.30 from the, from the road trip. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. When did you wake up on Sunday? 8.30 a.m. Oh, no. Long story. I'll spare you my nightmarish Sunday until a later date. That is criminal. That's was, unfair. That's ridiculous, absurd, egregious. Wait, what? That's unfathomable. That's indiscriminable. I don't even know if that's a word. But uh, listen, we got Sooner football to talk about. We'll talk about that later. But as we kick off Hour 1, we're brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. 405-735-1167. All right, hey, can I do something different before, something different on this show that we don't normally do? Can I read two texts? You okay with that? Sure. Okay. Right off the top. Right off the top. Um, from the 405, honest question. Did you believe the same thing about John Blake? Good question. Now, we're going back a ways. This was, this was a much different Chris Plank on the radio in 1997 and 1998. And I'm old enough to remember what the buzz was around the program. I, uh, my beat at that time, and I think there's, I'm sure there's a handful of people that have, I, I used to get so much grief because I truly thoroughly believed that they needed to move on. And there was a very large groundswell of support that felt like there should be one more year for John Blake. He should be given another year with a new administration and given an opportunity to see what he can do now that he had a solid recruiting class and a, and a base of players. Again, we're going back 24 years of sports talk radio. You know, and, and again, there was there were guys that were firmly entrenched in give him another year. There were guys that were firmly entrenched in um, time to move on. I was in the time to move on camp. Now, I'm not going to – in fact, one of my favorite bits that I remember from that, and a steel man, you might remember this, Steely, but – you know, Steel Man had a bit where he had a song because no one really thought Bob Stoops was the guy. They thought either Dennis Franchoni or Jim Donnan. And Steely had a song on his morning show that was instead of Jim Dandy to the rescue, it was Jim Donnan to the rescue. And I don't know, it stayed with me since, you know, 1998, uh, So that shows you how amazing Mike Steely was at his job even then and still is today. I, on the other hand, was not very good, but I could spit some hot takes. And I just from that perspective, yeah, no, I was a, listen, it's time to move on. 
I thought new athletic director, he's had his time to see it, kind of understand the inner workings of it. Nothing against John Blake, who was a Tulsa guy, Sand Springs guy, so I wanted to see it work. But I think those who lived through Sooner football in the 90s can attest every every year every recruit was it was it was kind of texas-esque in those days for that that sounds terrible to say now looking back but old school peeps if you disagree with me i'd love to hear from you today at 405-651-3439 but there was there was um brandon daniels is gonna run the option and this team is back in fact there was a I don't know if it was Sooners Illustrated back then or whatever it was, had Brandon Daniels on the cover of it, and it had him like in the quarterback position, and the headline said, can he? Yes, he can. You know, so every year there was this, like, belief, right? Oh, this year they turn it around, and by midseason, like, oh, gosh. So we're bad again. We're bad again, right. So there was very much, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, my, again, not, not giving a uh, a history lesson or anything of that nature here, and don't want to make the show all about my favorite topic, me. But I, I distinctly remember. I'm trying to pull it up here quickly, but I distinctly remember. I want to say it's like the season opener in '98, and they were they were playing TCU, and this wasn't. Are you going to beat me to it? Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. Let me look. And this wasn't your dad's. This wasn't out. Yeah, it was. This wasn't. Second game was TCU. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to correct myself quickly on the fly. It was 1997. Gotcha. 1997. And they're, they had a game. No, you know, you know what? You know what? Again, let's go back and correct myself again. It was 1998. And it wasn't a very good TCU team. And they only beat them like 10 to 9. But. Even in beating them, Josh Helmer, it was, we're 2-0. Let's go. And then they went and got beat by Cal. And then they lost to Colorado. And then they lost the Red River shootout. Well, they had been, Oklahoma had been 7-16 the two seasons prior. So, right. 2-0 start. Right. Everyone was feeling really good. It wasn't quite the energy of Schnelly, 3-4-0, or four and oh, whatever he was, when Colorado came for the first night game. And it was one of the wildest atmospheres of any college football game I've ever been to in my life. But it just – the bottom kind of fell out rather quickly. Well – And and, and so I, I bring that all up because immediately you start thinking about, oh, we'll see the parallels, start 3-0 and and all – no, no, listen. John had had a couple years, so no. A long answer to a very short, succinct question. I didn't feel that same way. And, and, I, and honestly, Josh, I was much more hot takey back then than I am now. I mean, that that was back in the days before you could get canceled for, you know, basically just retweeting a a, a documentary tweet. I mean, it was there was a much Josh, it was a much simpler time in the 90s. But my my point is more than anything else, I was I was not on board with the Blake regime. So yeah, and, and I was in a much different place too, too. I mean, let's think about it. I was not living 20s. here. I was in my 20s. So I, I don't even know if I can think about my opinion then and even compare it to how I feel now because it wasn't based really in fact. It was just what can make people mad and call my radio show. And not – yeah, well, 
mission accomplished, right? Oh, it worked, dude. It worked. 460-1430 was lit up for about a month. And not that you were right or wrong then, but probably it doesn't hurt that you've gone through this, not even with Oklahoma, but just in general, watched a you know, more coaching searches and beginnings and ends of eras to have a little bit better perspective on all of it. To that texter's question, though, uh-huh. were they asking, I mean, how did you feel after 96? Were you still optimistic after year one of John Blake? Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. Because, I mean, it was way worse. They lost in 96 to TCU, right? Hold on, I've got it right they here. They started 0-4 and they finished 3-8. and Right, that was... That was the year they yeah that was the year they went and lost to TCU at home twenty to seven. We were <laughs> great story about that in nineteen ninety six. Um, all my buddies were Sooner fans, and I want to say there's an area I don't know if it's still there in Tulsa. It's kind of by the river, and it's just it was a big old soccer field, and there were apartments complexes, and we had gone to this park. I think we had like a football game or so, maybe a soccer we were playing. Just dudes being dudes. And I remember hearing some dude just losing his mind out of his apartment window. F this, I'm never doing stupid TTCU, Bob. Just losing his stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, again. So he was unhappy. He was not happy. So, uh, long, very good question. And then there is um, then there's Kendall, who I, I'm, I'm really worried about Kendall's well-being. There's zero way you'll convince me that next season will be different. It's wait and see for me. Kendall, I want to refer you to the um, opening of this show and the disclaimer where we we basically just said that there is nothing I or Josh Helmer can say that is going to change your opinion about what happened in 2022, nor probably get you overly excited about 2023 until we see it. I don't think a great recruiting class can do well. Listen, there's going to be the... There's going to be the lemmings, the minions that are like, here we go, number two recruiting class, whatever. It can be the transfer portal. That, But in, in reality, you're not going to be sold until you see it again. And for those of you that try to sell, oh, but the bull game will get me fired up. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it lasted for an off season, but once we got three games in, you know, everything changed. So that's my disclaimer. Since you played well in last year's bowl game right. and then this happened – I think works against this bowl game. If Oklahoma goes out and plays a complete game, looks great on both sides of the football, we'll say, hey, that's great, but do that in 2023, right? I mean, because of what happened after this past Alamo Bowl, it's going to desensitize some people to being real optimistic, even if that goes as good as it could possibly go. You know, and and and, and I there's going to be, what what'd you call it, fan civil war almost, Um there's going to be a lot of fan-on-fan crime. Social media, dim social media streets on Sooner Twitter is not going to be good. Red Dirt Sports and Stormin' and Norman and Tattoo Baker and Sooner Lisa and the Sooner Fans Podcast and my, my girl Crystal Codina and Sooner, did I say Sooner Karen or whatever? I mean, it's going to be ugly. Off-season of malcontent. Malcontent! But in the end, in the end, there, there, there's nothing anyone can say or do until this team, until Team 129 steps on the field. Now, we can talk about it. We can break down every single recruit. But there's nothing. Now, when we come back, we have to talk about Saturday night. And 
I've I've come up with a list for each hour of this show after we get through the Texas Tech game. And like I said, there is nothing we can say to make you feel better. But here's my – the Newcastle Casino top five were juicing their sponsorship today. They're getting not one, not two, but three of them. So you ready? Yes. Top five reasons for optimism. Okay. Right? Top five reasons – for pessimism and top five things to make the Sooners elite again in 23. Got it? I better write that down because I didn't have the word. I couldn't come up with the word positive, pessimism. negative, how to be elite. Bingo. So it's up to you where you want to start at the bottom of the hour, Josh. You can go optimistic. Pessimistic. I was kind of hold, hoping to hold on to the how to be elite until the final hour because I want, I want Teddy to be able to hear it to tell me how wrong I am. But you guys can add to this as well, too, throughout the day. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. About Saturday night next, right here on The Ref. <laughs> All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. I, I, I want to, real quick, we're talking off the air. If you want to get mad about officiating from Saturday night, and, and, it's, and, and it's funny because let's spend some time on 5148 here with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. What was the guy was mad about? There was a, a point, I want to say it was like Farouk or somebody had signaled fair catch on a kickoff, and the, either the ball hopped or he didn't field it cleanly, and when he picked it up, he took off and had some room. But they blew it dead. I don't even know if mad is the right description. Right. Just, just clarification. Yeah. Hey, okay. what happened? Okay. So once you signal for a fair catch, and, and I'm pretty sure it's the same on a punt too, when you pick the ball up, it's dead at that spot. You, you can't signal for a fair catch, then bobble it, drop it, pick it up, and run, and suddenly you get that yardage. It's, it's not a quirk in the rule. It's a, it's a necessary thing in the rule. So that's one. Number two, if you really want to be mad, and it's so forgotten. I, I like Steve Bullard a lot. I like reading his recaps of the games. His morning afterthoughts. Um, yeah, his morning afterthoughts are really good. And it's funny because what he said is what, like, every single person has said. It's like, it's obvious the field goal was good, but shouldn't have been at that point. I agree. But if it's good, it matters because – Sitting here at seven and five, as opposed to finishing at six and six, even if it was a much different world game, excuse me, game wise on Saturday night than it was the Saturday before, there's some wild similarities. There's, I mean, just wild. If if Oklahoma State could have executed like Texas Tech did at times, we might have been in some big trouble, right? With the offense going into its shell. So. I don't. I mean, I'm just. It's so easy to say, "Hey, the field goal was good, but it shouldn't have come to that point." At the core, you're right. At the core, you're a bazillion percent right. But it's it's still a major point in that game. I mean, I I, I understand that it's not something that's going to. 
like stir the masses because it's Texas Tech and Texas Tech is not very good and you, you shouldn't have been in that position in a game where you were up 17-0 in the first quarter. But still, I, it's a really bad missed call. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of a kick in the Tulsa-Wyoming game. I think it was the first game of the season where um, it went literally right over the top of the crossbar. And I want to say that at first they had called that good. Or excuse me, at first they had called that no good and they talked about it and called it good. I'll have to double check with Pop. My memory is 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 leaving me right now because of you know all the sooner information that's in there. I'm getting old, people. There's only so many categories that are still functioning with all its synapses firing. But beyond that, beyond that, I'm not going to sit here because obviously I've I've seen it all weekend long. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if there was ever a more perfect kind of picture painted of the thrill and the frustrations of 2022, man, it was it was Saturday night in Lubbock. Yeah, especially the way the game ended. Oh. All of that, just excruciating. And even before it, the sequence to go into overtime, I saw some debates about this. Some people didn't really agree with my thoughts on it, which was, look, every other coach just about is icing the Texas Tech kicker, okay? And and then there were folks that wanted to jump in and say, oh, but he should have iced him a second and a half sooner. That way he couldn't get the kick away. It's like... That 95 times out of 100, they get the one kick away, okay? And so it it just was Oklahoma's season in right. a nutshell. I mean, Danged if you do, danged if you don't. Of course, of course, right? You ice the kicker and, oh, by the way, you blocked the kick. And then they come back, they make the kick, and then everything yeah. happens in overtime. I, I was really – on Saturday night, because the sideline there's a little bit more room in, in Lubbock, and I'll give I'll give Texas Tech game management credit, and then I'll also destroy them. Number one, they really, really tried to do a good job of keeping fans off the field, but their execution of it was freaking terrible when it came to protecting the players. Bro, you guys had a fan knock a Texas player earlier this year. Push him. You can't protect the opposing team any better than that. That's embarrassing. And I hope they get fined again. That is um, that is an absolute – it's just a disaster. It was terrible. They tried to – they put – and it was really I – mean, like I said, they tried. They tried. And it wasn't as big of a crowd as we've seen. In fact, people came down and it filled up. It was not a good crowd for Lubbock. I was shocked especially in the student section. But those who were there, I think they might have realized it or they were really hammered, made up for it. And then when the game was over and they stormed the field, all of these attempts to kind of try to protect the team just went out the window. Now, some dudes got arrested. I saw some people carried out in cuffs. Gay Biker had almost gotten a throwdown in the tunnel. But it's it was a derelict of justice. Wait, is that even the proper way to put it? Derelict of duty. Duty, sorry. Justice was not served. <laughs> but Saturday night was literally Oklahoma season in a nutshell, right? Moments where you're like, here, here it is. Here it is. Let's go. 
And this is what it's supposed to look like in moments where you're like, I, I don't know if, if they're going to win a game, right? It's just, it's it's baffling for me as a fan. I can't even imagine what it's like for those coaches. You know, we can get mad about play calling and everyone's hot about the the wide receiver pass at the first play of overtime where I'm like, Drake, run the football. You know, you don't have to throw it there. And Drake and Dylan Gabriel made a heck of a catch. He just got blasted. <laughs> that was right in front of me. But I just – I can't even fathom what it's like to have everything look so good for a fairly extended – I mean, a whole first quarter, 15 minutes of football. And then all of a sudden, the next 15 minutes of football could not be any different. Well, makes final no six sense. minutes of the first half. Oh, final six minutes. I mean – Oklahoma is leading that game 24 to 6 and it could have been worse if the fourth down uh, gamble that you had early if you convert on that right if you execute that play or if you just take the points it's it's worse than 24 to 6 and lo and behold guess what happens essentially you're tied right. at halftime Here, here's essentially the air conference solutions text line probably put it as well as I could sir you win the elusive ham sandwich today from the 850 the game Saturday was a microcosm of the season as a whole. By the way, microcosm, big big word, well used. Yes. Quick start, seriously bad second quarter, then signs of brilliance, signs of terribleness <laughs> that ended just about how the season went in its entirety. Mixed results with not a great ending. Mm. Bravo. Bravo. Elusive ham sandwich. And – you know, the other thing this game was for Oklahoma, obviously it drops you to mediocre, 6-6, six and six, but it was – Mediocre. <laughs> that's a Teddy Lehman phrase. I Thank you, it. Teddy. I love it. it. It was a different loss for OU. This was – it finalized the picture of losing for the Sooners, right? They hadn't really lost a game in this fashion where they led 17 to nothing. And then they led 24 to 6. And you're thinking, okay, wow, this team's on cruise control. Uh, played great in the first quarter versus Bedlam. Yeah, uh, the other three quarters offensively, we can have a discussion about that. But this team is turning a quarter. They have flipped the switch. And then uh, the bottom falls out. Hadn't really seen that. We'd seen close losses, but not really in that fashion where you led by 18. And then you add to it before, I, and Aaron, I see you hanging there. I'm going to get to you before the break. And then you add to it, it was a year ago today, on a Sunday. Your boy was getting ready to go do some interviews. We were knocking out a little signing day preview and season recaps with some assistant coaches. Got a call from Matt Archibald. Hey, um, recording's been pushed back. Probably do it about 2 o'clock this afternoon. I was like, babe, let's go to Target. So, walking around Target, next thing I know, I think it was Bruce Feldman reports, Lincoln Riley, uh, USC has targeted Lincoln Riley to be their next head coach. Exactly 365 days later, USC and Caleb Williams are in position to play for a big a Pac-12 championship and a spot in the playoff, and we're sitting here at 6-6. Six and six. That sucks. So, you add – not just the pain of the roller coaster ride of this season, but seeing what's happening in in Los Angeles. And it sucks. It stinks.
All right, Aaron, um, put a wrap on this segment for me. What's going on, A.A., Ron? Well, uh, as being an older guy that's seen the beginning of Switzer, mm-hmm. the end of Switzer, everything in between and the beginning of Stoops and the end of Stoops, this first season for Brent, Brent was a whole lot like 99. Maybe a win different here and there. Same type of bowl game. Probably the same type of opponent in the bowl game. If you'll remember, we lost to Notre Dame after being ahead. Uh, we lost to Mississippi in the bowl game. Played pretty good, then just kind of fell apart. But it has the same feeling as that. And and the one thing we've all got to keep in mind, if you've been a Sooner fan for very long, is we will be back. We will be back, and we'll be back big. And, uh, you know, the nation better look out because it, it's going to happen. It might not happen next year, but it's going to happen. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, Aaron. Yeah, and and that's – there was never going to be a point unless Oklahoma carried that 3-0 and start to be like 6-0 and or 7-0 and to where we were – the royal we were going to be in a conversation about, well, looks like they're going to be just fine without Lincoln Riley. You know, it's just – and now – we got to take it. And not many people are going to have that same optimism that Aaron does. And remember, 99 was coming off really, really bad, really bad teams record-wise. You know, 25 and 6 the yeah, year before. 22 is coming off, you know, t- 10 and 2. 11 and 2. 11 and 2, sorry. So it's just that, that makes it <laughs> that makes it bad. It's from the 972. Nobody scored 40 on us in 1999. That's, oh. Yeah, I, so it's funny because I, I like Aaron's optimism. But it, I wouldn't get in the game of trying to get too caught up in overanalyzing first years. Everything has a unique spin to it. Hey, in five years from now, we may be looking back with this uh, championship ring and trophy in tow and saying, man – what a wild year 2022 was, right? Unbelievable how close they, they may have been and how bad it was. I hope that's the case. But I remember, because there's going to be 8,000 times that you're going to read, remember Nick Saban's first year. Remember Kirby Smart. Kirby, thank you. Kirby Smart. Remember Bob Stoops' first year. The Holy Trinity. Remember, and I'll add a couple more to it. Remember Dabo Sweeney's first year. Go back and look at some of the first years of the all-time great coaches, and it's true. But unfortunately, this year, you have two first-year coaches who are probably going to the 14 playoff, and that, that dampens that just a bit. All right, are you you want to go positive or negative when we come back? Let's do some. Uh, I don't know. Let's do some positivity. Yeah, I guess. Aaron tried to get it in a positive light, so I like it. All right, positivity. Here we go. Um, every hour, we're not going to overanalyze it. We won't do the fancy intro, especially because I want to get your your text in here. Top five reasons for optimism. Top five reasons for pessimism, and top five ways to continue to become elite. It's next right here on the ref. They have changed the Heisman voting process for the first time in many, many years. In what regard? They're, I, I think Hoove might be able to help me out on this, but I think they're trying to make sure they increase security 
you know, there's always other steps. So I'm kind of concerned about some of the olds in this process. It might make it a little bit tough for them. To not reveal who they're voting for, basically? No, no, no. What? To just be able to get in. I mean, I'm watching just a little oh, tutorial yeah, yeah, yeah. to be, and I'm like, oh, boy. But I will say it's probably better than what they would make you go through. I mean, back in the day, you'd have to enter like eight, to call a number. <laughs> here's, here's your security code. But Heisman ballots officially went out today. Caleb Williams, one. C.J. Stroud, two. Everybody else, three. I am... Um, I'm pretty much online with that, except I'm really taking a hard look at Max Duggan in this mix. I'm really – someone – some Texas homer said if you compared B. John Robinson's numbers to every running back that won the Heisman Trophy, then he should be in the mix. But I like – man, in their biggest game of the year, he had like 10 yards, so I don't think you can win the Heisman whenever you had a night like he had against TCU. Or – Again, Heisman Trophy, most valuable player in college football. In in a game against Texas Tech, his fumble cost them a game. So his ineffectiveness in two of their best games oh, – unfair to say ineffective against Tech, but he fumbled, costing the game. I, I don't know if that guy can be on my list. Oh, and his team, you know, was not very good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's interesting. You want to go optimistic here? Optimism. All right, so at the bottom of every hour, and we're running a little hot, uh, behind, so we're going to be very – very fast. Top five reasons for optimism. I've, I've got one for you. Top five pessimism. Top five, how can be late? What, what do you want to add to that, the, this list here? Optimism. Optimism, Josh. They're going to get a wide receivers coach in. Okay. And that's not me trying to knock LaDamian Washington, but somebody that has an established pedigree and track record, and they're going to have that in from the spring forward. I think – I don't have that on just a guarantee, but that's just kind of a gut feel. And uh, who is the guy that just got fired at South Florida? His name's been mentioned quite a bit. There is – I'm trying to remember. I was listening to McQuistion last night, and he dropped a, a name that I was I was kind of intrigued by. But, yeah, it, and I think – listen, LaDamian Washington ended up in a role this year that – I mean, he didn't even think that he was going to be in, and he had a lot of help. Matt Wells was involved with the receivers quite a bit, but I liked it. I, I would also add to that, just as as maybe one of the five, or you can put it in a separate category, it's the number seven recruiting class in the country right now. And I know that they're going to fight and fight to try to keep it together, but with the 22 solid commits that they have and a few names brewing, it could get better. Um, I, I, I like – I like what they've done on the recruiting trail. Now let's get these names on the dotted line here in a couple days from now. But, yeah, I I would add that. I would say – Basically one month's time. Number two, another year in Schmitty's system. I think that these guys uh, – it's funny. The way that you used to weed out people was in challenging them through the workouts. Today's society does not allow that anymore. You're going to end up getting um, – a social media storm about how hard you had to work at practice, and the next thing you know, everybody's gone. But, yeah, I um, I love another year in Schmitty's system, so that's positivity to me. Off-season, Schmitty. There's dudes that I'll never forget to this day seeing after an off-season. Jordan Evans is the great example where I was like, what? What happened to him? Now, unfortunately, I think Schmitty left after that <laughs> After that next season, but 
Uh, Jordan Evans is the guy saving me. Number uh, three. Now I know that this is something that has kind of started to percolate amongst Sooner Nation because of Dylan Gabriel's post-game comments. But the idea that you're getting a quarterback with a second year in the system and understanding, you know, Power 5 college football. I thought Dylan Gabriel, whenever he first came in, I thought it might be kind of a one-and-done situation, but he's not nearly as pro-ready as maybe I thought he might be coming in. And it was his first season after a shoulder surgery. Yeah, I think he's coming back. So to me, that, that quarterback back after a year is a big deal in this system. Number four, speaking of another year, another reason is defensive system, right? Isn't that what we've heard? It's very complex. You've got to understand your responsibilities, understand angles, Justin Broyles. But, yeah, I would, uh, I would say another year is in, Brit, in Britain's system. And then that, number five, just I think Danny Stutzman's worth getting excited about, guys. I really, truly do. And then that core of young guys behind Stutzman, what we've believe Jaron Canick can be seeing someone like a Gentry Williams when he's been given an opportunity I know CJ Colden isn't necessarily a young guy but CJ Colden with another year can I Walker be right? huge if CJ comes back which we don't know the old, as I understand it as I understand it the only players who have officially exhausted every single bit of eligibility the only players who cannot come back are Michael Turk, Justin Broyles, Casey Kelleher, and Robert Conjol. That's my understanding because I know Jonah Laula is a redshirt senior and is Drake Stoops is too, but I keep hearing a lot of buzz about them playing next year. So I, I would have to believe based on the roster – that there is a chance for guys like Luula, uh, Stoops, Colden, Justin Harrington, trying to think of guys that played a lot, Jordan Kelly, to be back next year. Those are my five reasons for optimism. Schmitty, I agree with you getting a wide receiver coach in, recruiting class, quarterback in the system for another year, uh, and an incoming five-star and Jackson Arnold, who seems to have that kind of it factor to him. Quarterback continuity. Right. Um, another year in the system for everybody defensively. And Danny Stutzman. Stutzman, Canick, Kip Lewis. Those three. Why am I blanking on the big interior defensive lineman? Grayson Holden. Our, uh, our Mason Thomas. Gentry Williams, Robert Spears, Jennings, these guys that you kind of start in your mind putting in places in 22. Young Billy guys Bowman. getting a year, year older. I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's exciting. Think, it, think that has to be one of the reasons you're fired up. I'm at the Air Comfort Solutions text line to wrap up hour one. When we come back, it's Plank Show right here on The Ref. By the way, I, I left off a couple of guys who I think have exhausted their eligibility. My man uh, Drew England up in Tol- uh, Tulsa, Coach England, he uh, he had mentioned about Braden Willis. So I'm there's one, two, three, four, five, six guys who are listed as just fifth years on their roster, um, and they all came in for the most part that have been here in eighteen, 
in Brain Willis, Daniel Parker Jr., who's probably not going to be back anyway, uh, Deshaun White, Chris Murray, and Jeffrey Johnson. But I, I, I'm double-checking. I don't know for certain. I know they all walked on senior day. Somehow, if Spencer Sanders still has a year of eligibility, I'm not counting out about anyone, to be honest with you. Everybody should have another year then. If, if Spencer Sanders somehow has another year of eligibility, I'm pretty sure just about everyone has an opportunity to, to still play college football. But, yeah, uh, and, and I think I think Braden Willis earned himself some money this year. I really do. And, you know, you think about Chris Murray being on that list, you know, now you look at this offensive line, Andrew Rame can turn pro if he wants. I don't know if he should. But you're looking at the possibility of what four of your five starters being well, I mean, all five maybe being gone. You're definitely looking at a situation where your two tackles are probably turning pro. I mean, Anton Harrison, who had to be helped off the field, they went and got a cart for him to get him off the field on Saturday night. The kid became a warrior this year. It was really, you know, it's kind of one of those hidden stories in the frustration of 22. Anton Harrison really took another step. It was awesome. All right, let's kick off the 10 o'clock hour. Yeah, and C.J. Colton is in that group of players that can return. At least that's my understanding. <laughs> there's fifth years, there's redshirt fifth years, there's seniors, there's redshirt seniors. But my understanding is the redshirt fifth years are the guys that are almost certainly gone, and I'm 99% sure that Drew's right, and the fifth years are gone too. 99.9% sure, which is a pretty high probability. All right, quick break. Your Air Comfort Solutions text kick off. The 10 o'clock hour next.